0: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
1: Hey, everybody. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Volume.
0: No! Oh my God! How could he do that? You
1: on? Donate oh. cha- what? Charles Darwin. The Nerds is where it's at.
2: Welcome everybody back into Nerd Sesh. As always, I'm Carson Brabber, and alongside me is Logan Camden. And today we are going to be breaking down all of the most important NFL Week Two action from this Sunday, starting. With the divisional showdown we saw in Sunday Night Football, a Miami team that got a bunch of hype after a big Week 1 win over the Chargers goes out and picks up another one on the road in Week 2. Logan, how much are you bought into this Miami team right now, and what are your expectations for them the rest
1: of this season? I'm very bought in, Carson. I I believe in the Miami Dolphins moving forward a lot. Uh, We can start with what we've seen out of the offense consistently, man, and I want to get one thing straight, right? I know a lot of people have been critical of us because of, uh, critical of us, excuse me, because of how we've talked about Tua Tagovailoa. Tua had an awesome game last week. I thought he had another really good one here. I think we need to make a big distinction between what Tua does and how he uh, is perfectly molded in this offense versus him being a legitimate, you know, top 10 at lock, top five kind of quarterback, Right. I think that Mike McDaniel has perfectly crafted this offense around Tua. His timing, his processing is impeccable, right? Those are the traits that I think Tua really thrives in and is truly an elite quarterback in. How fast he processes the game, his awareness, how quickly he gets rid of the football, and the timing with his receivers. I think we take that for granted sometimes. Like These are design plays that they have practiced that Tua is hitting these guys in perfect stride with. It's an offense that is just perfectly tailored to Tua Tagovailoa's strengths and weaknesses. The weakness we see, he's not a great deep ball thrower, he's not a great improviser. We see that on the deep ball to Tyreek. I mean, if he hits that in stride, Carson, that's a touchdown, right? A little Mm -hmm. bit of an underthrow there to Christian Gonzalez late. But Mike McDaniel has perfectly crafted this around him. pre-snap motion, it's really spread out. The decision is right there immediately, and... They also really run the ball. They run the ball really well. I really like this offensive line. Offensively, I just think Mike McDaniel knows what he's doing. He has tailored this offense perfectly to his strengths. He's got a lot of weapons. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, that open up the field for Tua. And when all that's clicking, like you see tonight, Raheem Mostert breaks off some big runs. But I also really like Miami defensively too, Carson. In this game, they get a lot of pressure home. Andrew Van Ginkle looked awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, I I thought this secondary would struggle a little bit more without Jalen Ramsey, but Savian Howard has looked good. I don't know, man. I I think that the Dolphins are one of the most talented teams on paper. And while I think Tua might be limiting in certain situations, that hasn't stopped them from moving the ball consistently nickel and diming down the field. I don't know, Carson. I, I'm not a big fan of the New England Patriots. I think they're pretty limited. I'm I'm losing faith in them as the season goes along. But I certainly like the Dolphins more than the Los Angeles Chargers through two weeks. I know they mm-hmm. uh, beat them, but I, they're in a different class to me. Like I think that Miami is slowly creeping their way, especially with the injury to Aaron Rodgers, into maybe legitimate contender territory. Right? Uh, again, I think Tua is a limiting factor, but I think Tua them playing into his strengths playing into what he does well if he can play mistake free football I think Tua is a guy that you can win a Super Bowl with with a lot of pieces you know around him I'm slowly warming up to Tua again I don't think he's a perfect quarterback but I think with the weapons around him how Mike McDaniel has tailored this offense I think Miami is slowly slowly creeping into being you know a legitimate contender in the AFC They
2: definitely look like a team that we should see in the postseason. And I think that I sold them short in the offseason because I had a couple primary concerns. One being that the defense wouldn't take any sort of meaningful step forward without Jalen Ramsey. And the other one being that their offense significantly regressed as last year went along. They came out of the gates as hot as anybody. Tua was unbelievably efficient. McDaniel was crazy innovative, and they had the best receiving core in football. They were lighting everybody on fire. Then we saw defenses start to adjust. We saw more press coverage against those elite receivers, trying to take away the impact of their speed right off the snap. We saw teams working very hard to take away the middle of the field, where Tua is by far the most comfortable throwing to, and we just saw Tua slip up a little bit obviously he had struggles with his health but when he was out there he just wasn't playing at the same level that he was early in the season but i think that i undersold Tua i do and i also think that i undersold how much of a true genius Mike McDaniel is and how effectively he is able to counter every adjustment that was made to counter their dynamic offense and i believe that he's the best offensive mind in football right now he has awesome personnel this is the most speed that i have ever seen on an offense period which empowers a ton of what they do. It's the fastest receiving duo ever. Raheem Mostert is flat out one of the fastest running backs in football and he had a monstrous impact today. But the use of motion and particularly the short motion where you see sometimes it's a tight end but sometimes it is Tyree Kill lined up off the line of scrimmage in an inside position as if you were like a tight end or an H-back. And then that short motion to the outside, he gets a running start. That is just so disruptive. It prevents DBs from pressing him. It's so hard to match up. Just inherently, there's that bit of chaos when you run motion like that. And it makes his speed all the more dangerous because you are giving the fastest man in football a running start. So I think that he is just continuing to outthink defenses and to find ways to put his best players in positions to thrive. And even if Tyreek isn't ultimately the target on that play, right? If you just set up a little hitch, All of the attention is going to be on Tyreek, and so you're basically guaranteed a seven-yard gain to somebody else. It's just tremendously smart, efficient offense, and Tua is a very good executor. And I think that's the distinction that I want to make, and I don't want to spend this time ragging on Tua because I think he's been really good. It's more just a clarification of why I don't put him into the top tier I think there are the elevators, the guys who rise above circumstances, not just with physical talent, not just with their ability to extend plays and to make crazy throws on the run into tight windows, but to blend that with good decision-making, good control of the game, efficient passing, limiting mistakes. And then there are the guys who you give a great offensive mind, you give them a good line, you give them good weapons, and they make good decisions from the pocket. They're accurate. They throw with good timing. I think that Tua is thriving in that role right now. And there are the, like, straight-up pocket quarterbacks who can be truly exceptional. I don't know that there are any with as limited of a pure arm as what Tua has, and it does come back to bite them occasionally. Like, I wouldn't say that Tua isn't a good deep ball thrower. I think he's actually quite accurate Because the most important thing there is his ability to place the ball accurately with good touch as his insanely fast receivers are burning dudes downfield. It's when you need him to uh, make that next level throw on a deep ball. That's where we see that it can catch up to him. And he does underthrow guys in those situations at times. That's just undeniable. But the ball is out so quick. The ball is out faster with Tua right now than anybody else in the NFL. And I think that he has tremendous faith in his receivers and their ability to get open. I think he has tremendous faith and familiarity with this system. And I do think that he is processing the field better and progressing through his reads better. But at the same time, his first read is open a lot, and he is there, and he is on target, anticipating those throws. And we have seen some of those like next-level, elevate your offense, create something where it isn't evidently there through these first couple weeks. I thought that that throw to set up The touchdown on the right sideline just dropped right in the breadbasket over a DB. It was beautiful. So, was playing really well. I know that a bunch of Dolphins fans got obscenely obsessed at me for still having him in like the Geno, Kirk, Dak, Goff tier. And I think a lot of people were particularly incensed by the Goff comparison. I think Jared Goff is really good. I think that he controls the game well. I think he's accurate. I think he has significantly cut down on the mistakes that at times could really come back to bite him in his Rams days. He just threw his first pick in almost 400 pass attempts. I think Tua is probably a top 10 quarterback right now because I think even though at times he makes mistakes as a product of his arm talent, and we've already seen that through the first couple weeks, he doesn't make a ton, and he is efficient, and he is accurate, and he throws with anticipation, and I think he does those things better than like a Geno, than a Dak. It's in the same tier But he is doing the best job of those guys right now. He is in the best situation. But again, I just can't put him into the conversation with the elevators, the above and beyond talents, the Trevor Lawrences, the Justin Herberts, those kind of guys. But the Dolphins' offense is great regardless because of the insane weapons they have, because of how good they are schematically. I thought it was really encouraging how well they ran the ball today. I think that they have protected well for Tua, and that combined with him getting the ball out fast to these weapons, it's really tough to stop. And this wasn't their most dynamic performance. But they still could have put up 30 points in this game if Jason Sanders makes a
1: couple of field goals against a really good defense. Yeah, and I don't think that's a disrespectful tier to put Tua into, Carson. I think you're exactly right. Those guys just have better arms. I think I'd take him over Kirk. I don't know if I'd take him over Geno. Geno looked really good today against the Lions. Granted, it is Detroit. I don't think that's a disrespectful tier. But again, like I mentioned last episode when we talked about Tua... The way that he can crack that is by playing mistake-free football. I think Tua is capable of that because of how well he processes the game. That's something that Jared Goff can't do but that's not a disrespectful tier at all. I mean Tua is a fringe top 10 guy and I think you're exactly right. Tua is a guy who has to be a beneficiary of the situation around him. There's just a different level of creation with the Josh Allens of the world that can take nothing and turn it into something. I just don't think Tua is capable of that but he's a very good quarterback and like I said I think you can win a Super Bowl with Tua. I think this Dolphins team could maybe do it at the end of this year. I want to see two to three more weeks of this. I want to see great play out of the O-line. I'm not fully convinced. I want to see the secondary dominate a little more. I want to see the pressure get home. If all of those boxes are checked over the next couple of weeks, Carson, I think the Dolphins could be in legit contender conversation. And with where I sit with the Jets now, with the Patriots as contenders, the Steelers, the Chargers... I wholeheartedly believe that the Dolphins could win 11 or 12 games this year. I think that Miami is that talented and is that capable. So I'm much, much higher on the Dolphins through two weeks than I was before the season started.
2: I agree, and there is just no argument to the fact that dominant offense is the biggest driver in winning today. You can look at a team like the Pats, and they can play their asses off defensively, but if you're just that limited offensively, if you can't get... Those big-time plays from the quarterback spot, if you can't drive the ball downfield when you need to most, you have such a low ceiling at the end of the day.
1: You're exactly right, and that's why I'm lower on the Patriots moving forward, Carson. I thought this defense did play a really good game. Uh, I thought they were able to put a little pressure on Tua. I really love this secondary. Man, I love Christian Gonzalez. That guy is awesome. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to like about New England, and I thought today, Carson, I thought we saw a couple of drives where I'm really impressed. Oh, Max making plays. The limiting factor is that explosive play element. That's what is going to keep New England from being competitive. The That's what's going to keep the Steelers from being competitive. That's the reality of the NFL, Carson. Like you just said, you need these game-breaking plays to line up for you to beat these teams, to beat the Chiefs of the world, to beat the Bills of the world, to mm-hmm. beat the Miami Dolphins of the world. That's just where we're headed. And New England had a couple of those opportunities. That one throw where Mac rolls out of the pocket, throws that deep ball to Mike Isicki. They just can't connect. He throws that other one deep to Kendrick Bourne late where you're like, if they connect, this is a legit game where the Patriots can come back. But Carson, I think any team like that that is limited in terms of explosive plays is limited in terms of... Playoff success, too. It's why I'm lower on the Pats. That's why I'm lower on Pittsburgh. That's why I'm lower on the Giants moving forward. I know they turned it up a bit uh, late towards against the Cardinals, but offensives like that just aren't legit contenders, in my opinion, dude. If you are lacking that element of your offense, I don't think you can go deep in the playoffs. I completely agree, and I think
2: that Mac Jones is seriously handcuffing this team, and I don't think that they have very good skill position, talent Mm -hmm. in the passing game, But I just think that Mac is bad by the standards of today's NFL starters. I think that his accuracy is average. I think he makes a good amount of bad decisions. And we've seen that he's a relatively turnover prone quarterback. I think he puts the ball in dangerous places. I don't love his pocket feel and awareness. And then he's a limited arm talent. He's not going to do any of the above and beyond stuff. Athletically, he's not going to offer you any creation. I just think that is a active limiter to your ceiling and we have seen the ceiling with mac jones to me i mean unless he individually progresses a lot which i don't see year three he looks like the same guy he did last year who had regressed from his rookie year but 2021 the patriots were a dominant defense arguably the best in the league they were a machine that year they were also a really good rushing attack And what happened? They snuck into the playoffs and they got walloped by 30 to a team with a dynamic quarterback and a dynamic offense that they just couldn't compete with in that track meet. And ultimately, you can't take away what a Josh Allen, what a Patrick Mahomes does. You can only hope to limit it just that little bit to where you still have to play a good offensive game to get past that hurdle. And I just... Think That ceiling is so low for New England with Mac Jones. I legitimately would draft a quarterback after this year. And what's tough is they're not going to bottom out because I do still think it's a really strong defense and they're so well coached that they're just going to hang in there. But I absolutely think that this is a seven win sort of team in a relatively tough division, even with the Jets' falloff, they just can't compete with the really dynamic offenses. And we saw that in this game. I mean, they were given opportunities to get back into this with the missed field goals and with the takeaway, and they just couldn't capitalize because they're so limited offensively. They didn't have unexplosive play in this entire game, Logan. Their longest play was an 18-yard Mac Jones run. Their longest completion was 14 yards. It's just inconceivable in 2023 that you could actually go far
1: with an offense this bad and this lacking in dynamism. And you mentioned that they're a six or seven win team, Carson. That's going to be a grimy six or seven games too. Oh yeah. And like you mentioned with Mac, I think you hit it on the head, Carson. What is a young quarterback's best friend? A running game, right? The rookie QBs that are great are because of running games. You think about the great ones in history. Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Dak Prescott, Mac Jones, touted as a winner. You have great running games to lean on. It's hard stepping into the league immediately and being a rookie quarterback. That's why I was so blown away with C.J. Stroud's performance today. I know the Texans aren't really super competitive in that game. To keep slinging the rock all over the field with a bad O-line and no running game to me, I was super Mm. impressed with C.J. Stroud. Mac Jones in his rookie season had Damian Harris, the a top 10 rushing offense to lean on. They were great in the red zone. They were great all over the field. Last year, they regressed to uh, bottom 20 rushing offense. That's why you see the regression in this offense. Young quarterbacks need play action to open up the game, especially when you are as physically in talent... <laughs> in, as talentless... I don't want to say talentless, but limited like Mac Jones is. You need something else to lean on. That's why I think Carson... If Ezekiel Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson can't get something cooking down the back half of this year, I think you are looking at one of the 10 worst offenses in football. And like you said, I don't care how great the defense is. You're not winning more than seven games like that. That's the reality of the situation for the Patriots. And they're just behind the curve, man. There are just teams in the NFL today that are behind the curve offensively. And I don't know if there's mm-hmm. any two bigger examples in football than the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots, man. They are playing prehistoric offensive football, and they're just they're sorely lacking uh, in comparison to the elite offenses of today, man. Agreed.
2: So, let me ask you this quickly before we move on from this game. You're much higher on the Dolphins now. Should they be the AFC's favorite to you? In the whole
1: conference? The AFC East. That's the division, Logan. Oh, sorry. I I thought you meant the entire AFC. No, I wouldn't take them over Buffalo. I really liked how Buffalo looked today. Granted, I think the Las Vegas Raiders are just bad. I think they stink. So I'm not going to take a 28-point blowout against Jimmy Garoppolo too seriously. But the defense looked really good. They were getting pressure home. The secondary looked awesome. And when Josh Allen plays like this, the Bills are almost unbeatable. Again... There's just a difference. When the teams are so close in talent, I think the Bills and Dolphins are really comparable. I'm going to give the edge to the team with the better quarterback, and I just think Josh Allen is in a completely different tier. So, look, I think the Dolphins are very good. I think they could win double-digit games this season. I'm not backing off of Buffalo. Carson, I backed the Brinks truck up uh, for my Buffalo Bills stock. I'm still rocking with them. Uh, I think the Bills are still in a different tier uh, because of Josh Allen. I agree, and they
2: are obviously much more singularly dependent on the quarterback Mm -hmm. position. They don't have the sort of ridiculous skill, talent, and schematic edge that the Dolphins do. But it does matter to me having that guy. You can put the ball in his hands and say, go out there and make unbelievable things happen. And also, we know that you can control the game beautifully and be methodical and make great decisions. And I also think that the Bills defensive ceiling is higher to me although I think that the Dolphins can be a pretty damn good defense this year we saw the pass rush come together we saw them really stifle the Pats run game after they got ran all over by the Chargers last week Jalen Ramsey comes back that gives the secondary a higher ceiling but this Bills defense we have seen consistently towards the top of the league top three scoring defense the last couple years I think it's the best pass rush that they've had and i just think that there's more talent there at the end of the day but they're both damn good and they should both be teams that could win a playoff game good go further than that i'm really impressed by the dolphins offense in particular but let's talk quickly about that bills game because there was so much josh allen slander last week you and i both pushed adamantly against it felt that it was ridiculous It is against the Raiders, but just a truly dominant win. What did you take away from that? Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets
1: nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September.
2: Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code NERDS to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code NERDS. The
1: crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 8778 Hope NY or text Hope NY to 467 369. In Connecticut, help is also available for problems with gambling. Call 888 789 777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, C. DKNG.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Josh Allen's still top three, and he's not three. I think I made a mistake when I put Burrow, to Carson. I mean, when Allen executes like this, and this is the point I want to hammer home about making distinctions between quarterbacks right again we talk about Tua he can make things in structure he can execute at every facet but there's just plays that Tua is incapable of making there were multiple instances in this game where Max Crosby completely beats his guy off of the edge and Josh Allen is forced to not only step up in the pocket move because the pressure has gotten home but explode out of it to create enough separation to get off of a throw there are just so many throws in this game that I I can point to that average qbs that even above average qbs can't make mm-hmm. josh allen can make every throw in the book man uh the first quarter he throws to digs rolling out uh in the red zone again has to evade pressure on the run gets kind of swarmed just throws a dot like his arm is so strong at any angle the thing that makes me uh, amazed too, Carson, is wherever his feet are planted too, it almost doesn't matter. It's like Josh's arm is so powerful and strong that if he's planted, if he's not planted, if he's on the run, it doesn't matter. He's so strong and can make those throws. The touchdown to uh, Khalil Shakir, where he's uh, swarmed up too, yeah. just dots that one. Allen to Gabe Davis on fourth down, again, has to extend that play, roll out, and his feet aren't set. Throws a dot to Allen, or excuse me, throws an, a dot to Gabe Davis. I, this is kind of what I expected. Again, we know what Josh Allen is. We know what he isn't. Four turnover game, horrible. This is the Josh Allen that I have come to. No one expect week in, week out, and we got that guy tonight, man. This is the guy that I expect week in, week out. And, and again, it's not just that Josh Allen can extend plays and can improvise and can do all these things with his fantastic physical tools. Josh Allen was freaking surgical today, man. His first 13 passes, he hits on all of them. He goes 31 of 37 today. That's where I was more impressed. I'm always impressed that Josh Allen can do these these superhuman things, extending plays, making big-time throws. But he was on time, he was accurate, and it was within the flow of the offense today is what really impressed me. I'm really high on on the Bills, Carson. Outside of Max Crosby getting pressure home, I was really impressed with this offensive line, buying time for Josh Allen for the majority of this game. This defense stepped up and made plays. And more importantly, the way they were able to stifle this Raiders offense. I know it's Jimmy Garoppolo... But they have weapons, man. To hold the rushing leader from last season to nine carries and negative yards was super encouraging to me. If this run defense can be that stout all year long, I already have faith in this secondary. I have faith in this uh, pass rush. I have faith in the Mm -hmm. offense to make plays. I mean, if this is an elite rushing defense, you're looking at a Buffalo Bills team that really has no holes. Uh, I wasn't surprised by this, Carson. I know you weren't surprised by that, but... uh, why do you think why do you think Josh dominated so much today?
2: Well, I think it was just an adjustment in mindset. And mm-hmm. last week was an embarrassment and he played reckless and he played dumb and I think that he knew that and this was just the epitome of efficiency and of good control of the game throughout the bills had their longest touchdown drive to open the second half it was over nine minutes their longest touchdown drive since 2016 and that was just the mode that josh was in the entire game it was take what the defense gives you not forcing the issue at all lots of checkdowns if that's what it took and that just kept moving the ball downfield consistently but then it's when you blend that with the creation exactly like you say That's why it matters. You create touchdowns where they literally do not exist, Mm -hmm. right? Throwing a ball back across your body with crazy velocity to Gabe Davis. An incredible dot to Shakir right in stride as he is being bared down on. Like, so few guys attempt that throw to be able to execute it perfectly. That's why Josh Allen is a top two quarterback in football. When he blends that with making good, quick decisions, precise throws, taking care of the football, reading the field effectively... And he is capable of putting all those things together every week. So yeah, he also has this mode that he will dip into where he can get a little bit out of control and he can take bad chances. I just think it got so overstated. People are talking about who has the most turnovers in football over the last 17 weeks or whatever it is. How about the only dude who has led offenses comparable to the Kansas City Chiefs in recent NFL history. And in fact, the Buffalo Bills are the number one scoring offense over the last three years. Like, this is a guy who has led the best regular season offenses has translated to the postseason and has done that in spite of adverse circumstances i don't want to do a josh allen take every week but (laughs) this was just an awesome game from him and it didn't even involve the most spectacular stuff it was mostly just him doing the right thing which he can do pretty much as well as everybody out there and make every throw in the book other quick takeaways for the bills james cook is really good Mm -hmm. and we've been talking about how he is the best running back of the bills josh allen era But he's really the first guy who is capable of making something out of nothing in terms of his ability to make guys miss and then get more than is expected out of a run. Like Singletary had a little bit of that shiftiness in space, but he was really a well below average starting running back. Zach Moss did not have any of that ability to make dudes miss in space. so. Cook gets 159 yards from scrimmage. I think that is super encouraging. Even though the line, I thought, did play well in this game, and even Crosby wasn't really disruptive. They held up well. I don't think that it's the greatest line overall, but James Cook is a damn good running back, and I think that that will improve this run Mm -hmm. game compared to years past. I was a bit displeased with Ken Dorsey's red zone play calling. I thought... There was one set of downs inside the 10 that started with two Latavius Murray runs and then a screen to Latavius Murray. Very strange. Again, certainly not comparable in terms of creativity to what you saw in the Day Bowl days. Then they had another one that ended up in a turnover on downs where they ran back to back shotgun snaps from the one, neither of which was like a Josh Allen quarterback draw, which I would say maybe that's a justifiable thing. I'd still probably prefer a sneak, but. One of them was just a shotgun handoff to Latavius Murray again. They still, though, converted five of six red zone opportunities into touchdowns, so you can't really be too upset about that. And the defense was really bad on the first drive. I mean, the Mm -hmm. Raiders pushed the ball down the field pretty easily. Jimmy made a couple nice plays, but they weren't covering Devontae very well. And I am worried a bit about the athleticism in the secondary with how old those dudes are. I think we saw it on the Brees Hall run in week one, how Poyer wasn't able to quite, changed direction didn't quite have the same closing speed that he did at his absolute peak it's still a good unit but after that i mean they really buttoned up you mentioned shutting down the run game made a couple big plays matt milano was Mm -hmm. god he literally mossed a dude out there so i think the bills looked great i think that this is a top three team in the afc as expected and i think that they have the potential to be the best team in the afc if this defense consistently executes and if this offense continues the rhythm that it had today i thought dalton kincaid looked good it was just a really strong performance all around but i also do think the raiders suck so doesn't hurt to be playing them you mentioned joe burrow in comparison to josh allen logan they had a big game today they took on the baltimore ravens what is your concern level over
1: cincy falling to owen two? So I mentioned this last episode, uh, the Bengals again for the second straight season are going to start 0-2. This is not a situation that they're unfamiliar with or can't dig themselves out of, right? Mm-hmm. As a team that normally hits their stride midseason and catches fire at the right time, I'm concerned for specifically this secondary. I, I thought Lamar really executed well, and I just think we've seen over two weeks teams just be able to to throw the ball on Cincy the way that they haven't over years previous. Uh, I think that this offensive line really scares me in terms of uh, protecting Burrow. They didn't allow a ton of pressure today, but more importantly, I mean, this running game. Joe Mixon has been super imperative, Carson, to the Bengals having a great offense Now, over the past couple of seasons, they struggled again. 13 carries for 54 yards. I know you mentioned last week that you thought that Mixon has maybe legitimately regressed, taken a step back from what he once was. And if that's the case, I mean, you're relying on Joe Burrow. A bad offensive line, a bad running game. You're basically putting the entire offense on joe burrow's shoulders hey you're not gonna have time to throw hey we're not gonna be able to set up play action hey we're not gonna be able to run the ball at all but hey joe i want you to take these three really good receivers and i want you to just air it out every week that's not going to happen you know i don't care what quarterback you are if you don't have you know uh, adequate surrounding talent you're just not going to be a good offense if you're not super dynamic if you can't even threaten the defense with the threat of running they just you're able the defense is able to play into your hand a little more because you're not as dynamic. Uh, Burrow has a pretty bad red zone interception that I think majorly cost Cincy in this game. But the Bengals don't record a first down until over halfway through the second quarter. Mm-hmm. It was a really bad showing from the Bengals. Now I really like Baltimore, so again I don't know. Is this the Bengals just losing to a legitimate contender? Do we really need to be worried? I'm worried about the offense being as elite as they have in years previous. Uh, And I'm worried about this secondary legitimately being great again, which I think was one of the biggest strengths of this Cincinnati team over the past few seasons. So, look, I still think Cincinnati's a legit contender, but honestly, Carson, I think I'd slide Cincinnati behind Miami um, in my contender rankings right now. That's where I'm feeling through two weeks I think Miami's offense is better, and I think their defense is better straight up. I just think they are a better uh, team right now, and I think that they're just in a little more rhythm. That really matters moving forward. I'm not completely out on Cincinnati, but they're definitely trending downwards for me. They're not my favorite in the AFC North. They're not my favorite in the AFC, and they're not my favorite wild card team right now. So Bengals' stock Mm. is quickly trickling down for me.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned the 0-2 start last year. They were 5-4 and four before the bye in their Super Bowl season. Started last year 2-3, and three, so they haven't necessarily been the hottest team out the gate. But I do think there's cause for concern, and they were soundly outplayed. I've been higher on Baltimore preseason. I had them as my one seed in the AFC. I just think they are a much more talented team then Cincinnati, especially on the defensive end. And I think that we saw that. The Bengals never had control of this game. They trailed pretty much the entire first half. They never had a lead. And once we got into the second half, whenever they would cut it to a one-score game, Baltimore would just drive right down the field, get it back up to two scores. So even though it ends a three-point game, it didn't feel that competitive. And then once, since he cut it to a field goal that final time, Baltimore just did what they had to do, got their first downs. They were able to run out the clock. So I... Am concerned about both sides of the ball for Cincy. Defensively, I am worried about the lack of a dynamic pass rush because Lamar was very comfortable all day. And though I think this Ravens line is good, the Houston Texans were able to get a lot more pressure against them than the Cincinnati Bengals just were. And this wasn't a dynamic pass rush last year. And I think when you pair that with the losses to the secondary, Von Bell and Jesse Bates both leaving... I do think this defense has regressed and they got handled at the line of scrimmage. The Ravens ran the ball all over them, which they do versus a whole lot of teams. But you pair that with an offense that only put up 17 points and 282 total yards after they put up three points last week. I do think the running game is very limited. I think we already saw that regression for Mixon last year. They were 29th in rushing yards and yards per attempt last season. Now they're averaging 70 yards per game on the ground through two weeks of this year. And they had really no explosive plays in this game. Jamar Chase has 70 yards through two games this season. Burrow, you mentioned, really telegraphed that very costly red zone pick, so I think they will certainly look better. Part of this is Burrow just looks off, he looks out of rhythm, he is not playing at the level that we are accustomed to from him, but they have also been outplayed in the trenches, really on both sides of the ball through two games, and their defense has regressed. So, If Cleveland looks good tomorrow, I think that's a more talented football team. The difference potentially is the quarterback position, especially because Deshaun didn't look very good in week one, but all around talent, position group to position group, they've got Cincy beat. Baltimore's got Cincy beat by a lot. So I think it's the third most talented roster in the division. And I think they could be the third best team in the division. I'm not going to write them off. I still think they should be in the playoffs, but they are the team that, People viewed as an actual contender out of the AFC that I'm definitely most concerned about right now. I get that the Bills, the Chiefs, those teams have had their ugly moments. I think Cincy is less talented and has given us the most cause for concern.
1: I am wholeheartedly with you, Carson, on everything you just said. And I want to emphasize too, Another reason why this was a must-win game for Cincinnati, not just because you want to drop to 0-2, not just because it's an in-division game against Baltimore, but because of the key guys that Baltimore was missing in this game. They couldn't get pressure home with Tyler Lindenbaum and Ronnie Stanley out. They couldn't dominate Baltimore through the air with Marcus Williams out, and uh, I believe Marlon Humphrey out too. I I mean, like this is as must-win of a game as it gets, man. In-division, your rivals beat up. I'm with you, dude. If if Cleveland handles Pittsburgh tomorrow, which I am very scared of, I'm with you, dude. I will cement Cleveland as my number two team in the AFC North moving forward. I do want to give props to Baltimore,
2: though, because mm-hmm. we talked a lot throughout the offseason about how this should be their best passing attack yet because of the improvement in terms of weapons, and Lamar looked amazing. Today, and you are feeling how much better this receiving core is. Zay Flowers had a monster week one, had another good game today. The guy is just sensational. He's capable of running good routes and making impact plays downfield, but he is such a weapon in space as well. You just give him the ball around the line of scrimmage and let him go to work and make dudes miss. Nelson Aguilar, another depth addition. He had a big impact, played a really good game, and Lamar was just dotting dudes up, man, mm-hmm. through a big, big, bullet over the middle of the field to Andrews just passed a linebacker perfectly timed for a big first down today just a beautiful ball downfield Tuesday Flowers he was in complete command of the game limiting mistakes and making those sort of above and beyond throws that elevate the team in the offense and it sucks that J.K. Dobbins got hurt because I think he's so good when he's healthy but the inevitable truth has been that when Lamar Jackson plays, this is a dominant rushing attack. It was the case again today. They ran for 178 yards and Lamar had a few more like 10 plus yard scrambles taken back by holds. So I think that offensively, they are a top five unit. That combination of elite run game every single week with uh, the best passing version of Lamar that we've seen, the best weapons, Mark Andrews obviously back this week too, and I am high on that defense I think it is as complete on all three levels as any in football the Ravens are a contender and the concern in previous years was really how that offense could translate Lamar pushing the ball downfield as a passer in playoff situations he didn't play very well but it was a small sample size I think he's better individually I think he's more polished as a passer and I certainly think this is the best situation that he's been in so that's a bona fide contender to me, Baltimore.
1: I think they're completely a bona fide contender. And I was going to say exactly that, Carson. Over the past few years with Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator, it's almost like they felt that Lamar handcuffed them passing. So, you know, you line up in the pistol a lot, you're running a lot of option stuff, designed runs. What Lamar is doing is going to break teams. If he is this effective as a passer, and again, I want to emphasize that look, Lamar's had reps and has been able to get better as a passer just by playing over these past few seasons in a designed offense with design timing. with I mean, Lamar looked awesome processing and awareness-wise, better than I've ever seen him before. You give Lamar an entire season in this offense with these weapons to improve? Oh, my God. I mean, the Ravens might be the best team in the AFC talent-wise. Mm-hmm. I'm all in on Baltimore, especially if Lamar keeps playing like this. And again, dude, with all these design passes, with Lamar carving up uh, this defense so well, it just opened up all these holes where, oh my God, we're not spying Lamar Jackson. He can roll out and extend a play and then make a throw on the run. He has mm-hmm. 50 yards on the ground. I know that's not groundbreaking for Lamar, but again, this is with him dropping back primarily as a passer. This, I think, is the best Ravens offense that I've seen with Lamar at the helm, and I'm all in, dude. I think that Baltimore is is definitely a Super Bowl contender this year. All right. We talked about Cincy. Very
2: concerning drop to 0-2. The other one who stands out in the AFC, also led by a very dynamic young quarterback. The Chargers are 0-2. Logan, how worried are you about them?
1: Yeah, I'm really worried about the Los Angeles Chargers. To me, Carson, this was the game to fade LA on. I told everybody... Uh, who would let me uh, get in their ear. Take the Titans today, man. The Chargers cannot stop the run. They've consistently not been able to stop the run. I don't care what Derrick Henry does on the ground. It's a Chargers team that chokes at every turn, and they can't stop good rushing attacks. So to me, this was a clear game to maybe drop some money on. Uh, This is a stat courtesy of uh, Ben Solak on Twitter. Carson, since 2010, teams with 275 passing yards and zero turnovers are 382 96 and two that's a winning percentage of 80 percent the chargers are now a part of those 96 teams to take an l like i said it's primarily because of this defense the chargers allowed tennessee to score 27 points in this game something that tennessee has not done since week 11 of last season not something that you want to do and uh, again it's to me this was a nightmare game and a nightmare team for the chargers to face they can't stop the run. They were 28th and 30th over the past two seasons. Henry gets 80 yards on 25 carries. Spears gets 49 yards on eight carries. And they can't cover over the middle. So what does that mean? If you're getting run on all the game, well, then your linebackers are going to step up, which means if you fake that pass, there's always going to be that little gap between the safety and the secondary for Ryan Tannehill, who is not a good quarterback, but he's an excellent play-action quarterback. He has consistently been one with Derek Henry behind him it just leaves him all this space to throw between because the linebackers are scared of Derrick Henry running on him and in this game Tannehill off of play action seven of nine 168 yards and a touchdown bomb to Traylon Burks off of play action so yeah Carson I mean with the Chargers track record bad defense bad coach bad culture I don't care how much I love Justin Herbert, and I think some people are probably going to find some way to blame this on Justin Herbert because... They immediately attribute wins to quarterbacks. This game is not on Herbert. I know he didn't have a great overtime period, but he marched the Chargers down on that last drive, put them in a position to maybe score a go-ahead touchdown, but he gets sacked by Harold Landry because his line's not that good. And then in overtime, for some reason, Kellen Moore and Herbert want to throw three deep bombs instead of nickel and diming like they did on that last drive. That blew me away, Carson slants, drags, in-routes, Herbert and his wideouts are connecting on everything. Now, granted, that is partly because Tennessee's dropping into a little bit of a pre you know, giving them that because they don't want to surrender the big touchdown play, but they completely go away from that in overtime in, in favor of three deep balls that none of them connect, and then Tennessee marches right down and scores. So, I'm concerned with the Chargers for a few reasons. Coaching incompetence, no run defense, A bad defense, period. I like the secondary a little bit, but uh, the guys in the box aren't good. They can't cover over the middle. They can't stop the run. To me, Carson, I hate this because it's three years running. I think it's the same old Chargers.
2: When you mentioned that that stat that Ben Solak tweeted out, I thought that it was (laughs) going to be something like, The rest of the league is 396 82 and 1, and the Chargers are 4 and 32 (laughs) over that time period because there could not be a more Chargers stat created. I mean, it is just a comical franchise, and this is now back to back weeks where I'm with you in terms of the majority of the blame here does not lie on Herbert's shoulders. He's certainly their best player, I think he's a top five quarterback. But it is unfortunate that they haven't been able to come up with the big drives, and they have gone down in these close, painful situations. I do think no Eckler in this one, but they really struggled to run the ball, and they were awful running the ball last year. That could be a problem here again. Just 21 attempts for 61 yards, and the pass protection hasn't been great, and it has led up a couple of really costly untimely sacks in those final drive situations in both of these first two games and listen herbert was solid in this game i didn't think that it was one of his best but what really killed them was how awful they were on third down where they just seemed to be out of sync they were never really on the same page two of 14 in those situations so i think that the criticisms of herbert are largely overstated. It is unfortunate for him, though. Most of the time, people key in on the situational stuff. They key in on the little things, and the Chargers just were not good in those respects in this individual game. Defensively, I thought the pass rush looked much better. They were able to actually get home some after they really struggled to pressure Tua in week one, but I'm still worried about their ability to cover You mentioned how effective the play action was letting up explosive passing plays to what is one of the least explosive passing games in football. That is concerning. They didn't defend the run well, and they have been the worst run defense in football under Staley. I just don't think this is a good all-around football team, which has been the knock on them for the last two years, right? 2021, they were an elite offense. They were awful defensively, though. Last year, they took a step back offensively largely because of injuries. And defensively, they were also banged up, but they were just really bad. Again, they were 30th in yards per play allowed defensively. And I'm just not seeing enough progress, even with better weapons, even with what should be a better O-line, even with what should be a healthier defense. I can still see like a playoff appearance for this team because the Broncos look weak, so that makes their schedule lighter. I mean, the Raiders suck. Aaron Rodgers injury that makes the jets game a whole lot more winnable And I do think they still have a really high offensive floor because of how good this passing attack is But I certainly wouldn't pick them to win a playoff game I still think they're one-dimensional offensively because even though they ran the ball well in week one against miami Gotta see them do it more and i'm really worried about this defense and this wasn't very encouraging To me like yeah, maybe the titans didn't hang 40 on them, but it's the titans they're not going to hang 40 on anybody this year. So I'm worried about the Chargers. And that could be a team that misses the playoffs. That's what I predicted for them, actually. I had them winning 10 games, but I had them as my eighth seed in the AFC because the conference is that loaded. And this is a bad start for them. And Herbert ultimately does have to go above and beyond this year. We've seen him get into that mode. Like two years ago, I would argue he really went above and beyond the 38 touchdown season. He was playing at an unbelievable level last year i think he was handcuffed a bit by the offensive approach by the health of his weapons but if this team wants to do anything it's going to have to be on the back of him not just being really good like he can't just do what he did today he's got to be insane okay the kansas city chiefs Logan, were able to bounce back after a week one loss quickly what were your takeaways from that how much better
1: are you feeling about them compared to after week one uh, marginally, some of my concerns about uh, the Chiefs still remain, mostly with the weapons outside of Kelsey. Uh, Kadarius Tony sucks. Shout out him for fumbling in this game. Uh, hey, buddy, he was making dudes miss in space. At least he had a positive well, impact. And that's what I like about that's what I've always liked about Kadarius. But I just want to see him do it consistently without any screw-ups. Uh, I don't like the skill position guys. 84, uh, the tight end. His name escapes me right now. Noah Gray. Yeah, Noah Gray, Sky Moore, they're just middling. Uh, But, again, with Kelsey out there, you can kind of wipe those away. They don't win this game without the pressure that they get home and without Chris Jones. I thought that that was the most encouraging thing for me about Kansas City is Chris Jones back dominated. They were able to put Trevor under a lot of pressure all game long. And the Chiefs clamped up in the red zone, man. you know Some of this was Lawrence Mm -hmm. making some poor throws. But for the most part, I mean, the Chiefs secondary was swarming. I mean, they covered up all the uh, all the end zone. A couple, literally two catches where guys' feet are out of bounds. I believe it was uh, Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley, I want to say, or mm-hmm. uh, Ridley and Kirk. Two plays that end up getting called back where they almost have TDs in the end zone, but. Uh, this was encouraging just because the defense looked so much better. Pressure got home. They held up in the red zone and in third down in situations. Again, the Jags don't score a TD in this game. And then with Kelsey back, they, they were better. Uh, the score's a little misleading. I thought the Chiefs played a lot better than a one-possession game. They also could have scored a touchdown at the end to widen the margin mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, and they have a couple of turnovers in this game. This wasn't the cleanest game by any means by either of these offenses. I still think both these teams are legit contenders. I think they're both elite Uh, But the Chiefs legitimately need Chris Jones to be a contender this season. That uh, has been uh, really noticeable through two games. Well, and I do
2: think that the defense held up well in week one. They limited the Lions' actual offense to 14 points, and that's a damn good offense that we saw really have a field day today. But, yeah, Chris Jones changes the dynamics. I mean, he is as dominant an interior player as there is in football right now. I also think that George Karloftis looks really good the linebackers nick bolton is awesome but i think the tranquil has been a good addition has played well and you mentioned just how great they were situationally same theme as in week one opponents are eight of 27 on third downs against the chiefs through two weeks and didn't let the jags score touchdown in three red zone trips and they've also done a really good job of limiting explosive plays So I think it's a very sound Chiefs defense. I think it's a really good pass rush. That hasn't necessarily been the calling card of theirs historically. I think that this is one of the better pass rushes they've had. But it doesn't necessarily have to be elite. But I think that they're well coached. I think they're talented on all three levels. And at the end of the day, holding two high-powered offenses to 23 combined points, that's a very promising start. And I did think that the receiving core looked better. To be fair, Week 1 was a disaster class. Week 1 was, hey, this is no doubt the worst receiving core in football when Travis Kelsey isn't out there. Week 1 was, our receiving core is literally losing us this game. Kadarius Tony off his hands, losing the game single-handedly. But you saw the impact of Skymore's speed on that explosive catch that ended the game, basically... They were able to let Tony go to work in space and he's not going to be a reliable downfield target consistently. He's not super polished there, but yeah, he's crazy shifty in space. And so there is value. I think the Pacheco looks good. He looks explosive. So you still got to see this offense hum a bit more. I am still a bit concerned about the weapons because it's a step down from last year, but I felt better about it in this week and I feel good about this Kansas City defense and I mean, when Kansas City puts forth a pretty good defense, they've tended to go to the Super Bowl, Logan. I mean, they've been there three of the last four years, and the first Mahomes season, they were a historically great offense, but they were also, I think, the number 23 scoring defense or something. Hard to win a Super Bowl in those circumstances. So they, to me, it's them, it's the Bills, it's the Ravens. Those are my top three contenders in the AFC right now, and I would have the Dolphins, just a tick behind that. I would have the Bengals, the Browns in that next tier as well. Okay. Let's talk about Seahawks lines because this was a game between two good teams, two high powered offenses trying to get a sense of if either one of these teams had really stepped up defensively, they end up putting 68 combined points. But what did you take away from this
1: one? I think the Lions are a really good team. I think the Lions are better than the Seahawks. Uh, I didn't come away from this feeling like Seattle was, uh, you know, the better football team. I thought Detroit kind of just shot themselves in the foot. You get three turnovers from the Lions offense. Golf throws a really bad pick six. You also have Dan Campbell. I love him, man. Cojones grandes. He's putting him on the table, man, going mm-hmm. for it on fourth down. That's what my boy does. Fourth and four at their own 40 up four points. I didn't really like that decision. They don't get it. Leads to some Seattle points. I like Dan Campbell. I like him a lot. He's one of my favorite coaches in the league. That situation, I don't necessarily agree with going for it. I just thought the Lions kind of, you know, they kind of hurt themselves in those situations. Three turnovers, another turnover on downs because of that. I don't like the secondary and the guys in the middle of the field are as good as I expected. I like Jack Campbell. I like their linebackers. Their secondary's okay, but, I mean, Gino was dotting up guys all game long. So I still have a lot of concerns with this defense, too, especially the, pre- the lack of pressure that we saw from the Lions' mm-hmm. defensive line. I think the refs missed some holding calls. I thought Hutch got held onto a little bit in this game, but for the most part, with a patchwork offensive line with a couple of backups in there, Seattle held up really well against this defense. So I think the Lions are a better team than Seattle. I think Seattle's a little fraudulent, but I think against bad defenses, I think Geno and this offense are still going to be able to put up points. (sighs) I don't know if the Lions are that much improved to expect 9 or 10 wins. That's where I'm at right now. I think the Lions are about at 8 for me. I need to see... I don't know, 8 to 10. I need to see tangible improvement from the defense. I still think they're better. I still think they win this game without shooting themselves in the foot. But I don't know, man. Geno was able to kind of sling this rock all over the yard today. And... That concerns me going forward. I mean, teams were able to do that against Detroit last year.
2: Yeah, but they won nine games last year because they were a top five offense. I think that no matter what, they're going to be better defensively than last year when they were like historically awful for the first half of the season and then actually ended up being pretty solid and it's a young defense that's improving. And I do think that they've made improvements to that secondary. So... I agree with you. I think Detroit is better, but I do think these two teams are in very similar tiers. They're dynamic offenses and they're limited defenses. I do love Detroit's balance offensively. How much they're able to lean into the power run game and excel there and dominate between the tackles. We've seen them make that their identity through the first couple weeks, but at the same time, Goff making efficient, good decisions as a passer is, And again, really taking a lot of the bad stuff out of his game over this past season plus in Detroit under Ben Johnson. And uh, on the flip side, the Seattle passing attack is really good. They have awesome weapons. I thought Gino mostly was cooking. Now, he did have a couple of bad, sketchy moments. That one crazy 17 yard loss sack, which he brought them back within their own five, that was bad. But he was mostly very good. So, I think that these are the fourth and fifth best teams in the NFC. I would say that Detroit is slightly better right now, but I also think there's a pretty clear gap between them and the Eagles, the Niners, and the Cowboys because of the elite ceiling that those teams have on both sides of the ball. These crazy pass rushes, these elite defenses combined with high-powered offenses. I just don't buy into either defense that much here i think that they're both really going to be pushing for mediocrity and then hoping that the really good offense gets them to that 10 plus win range okay another team in the nfc that we got to talk about logan is the chicago bears and specifically justin fields because this is a team that some people felt had worst of first potential they went out there they spent big in the offseason they make the trade for dj Moore, they have their young potentially ascending quarterback but it's been a rough couple weeks Do you think that Justin Fields became overrated? How concerned are you about the start that you've seen from him?
1: Yeah, I'm very concerned about Justin Fields, and it's never been about the physical tools, right? Uh, He's got a big arm with time. He can throw ropes, right? I don't think he's got a Josh Allen Mahomes type arm, but at Ohio State, man, I mean, he could deliver the ball 50, 60, 70 yards downfield. And in this game, he has some really nice throws, To me, it's really hard still to evaluate Justin Fields because of how bad the situation is around him. That's what's frustrating is. I think the Bears' offensive line, for the most part, is still pretty eh. I think his weapons are still pretty eh. But Justin Fields does not look good himself. I'd say he's probably one of the worst starters in football. I mean, you just look at his awareness. I don't think he processes the game really quickly. Uh, What everybody, it seemed like, they were talking to today is how he turns into a statue. Just holding on to the ball far too long, man. I mean, with five, six seconds to throw, Justin, this is the NFL, my friend. In 2.5 seconds, that ball needs to be out. If it's not out in three seconds, you need to be moving, either stepping up in the pocket or rolling out. There's just a lack of awareness and feel, you know, and you need that as a QB. Uh, He takes a crucial sack in the second quarter. They end up getting a field goal out of it, but that was one where I really scratched my head. He gets hit and fumbles. Again, he's got like six seconds to throw. Doesn't even see the guy coming from him. They fumble. They get points. I mean, at this point, Carson, I'm definitely on on the side of... I don't know if you draft a QB. I do not want to put another QB in that situation right now. I just think that's torture. I think you're asking to ruin another young quarterback if you throw him into the situation that Chicago's currently in. But it doesn't look like Justin Fields is the answer, and he doesn't look like the guy moving forward. There just is a bare minimum threshold that you have to hit as a thrower of the football. He really reminds me, Carson, he's better than this guy. But in terms of limitations as a passer, he reminds me of Cordell Stewart a little bit. Stewart was explosive. He was super fast. He could make these really big plays. But he's just never a great thrower of the football. And it's just a bare minimum that you have to have. I think Justin could be a backup in the league. He certainly doesn't look like a starter right now. And I'm very concerned for him. He hasn't made enough improvement in the... Is this his third, his fourth year starting? Third. Uh, he has not made enough tangible improvement through three years of playing football to justify still being the starter in Chicago. He's got a long
2: way to go, man. And I know that he got a lot of hype because of how dynamic he is on the ground. And I think that he is a historically great rushing talent. I have said, I think he is every bit as potent and dangerous as Lamar Jackson on the ground, but he is far behind Lamar in terms of pure arm talent, but more importantly, in terms of his ability to read the field and make decisions with the football, he holds to the ball without a doubt longer than anybody else in football. And that was true last year as well. But what at least was potentially turning that into a positive in spots last year was that he could show you these incredible moments of creation, where okay he's holding on to the ball he's holding all ball but then he rolls out and he's able to make guys miss in space like nobody except for lamar and then he turns nothing into something it feels like there is a concerted effort to turn him into more of a pocket passer this year which I just think is stupid because he's not and he's never going to be good just as a pocket passer and so now instead of him going into scramble mode which is going to throw the defense into chaos and he can extend those plays and buy guys extra time to get open it's okay what's my first read oh man that guy's covered and then he freezes and he took some brutal sacks today like a few that are overwhelmingly on him no offensive line can protect for seven seconds He was also extremely inaccurate today. He's missing dudes on screens. He's throwing dangerously bad balls outside the numbers. He had multiple balls batted down, defensive linemen bearing down on him. And I just don't like his pocket awareness. I don't like his feel as a passer. I think he has to lean into his athleticism. I think that is not only what makes him so effective because, I mean, of how great of a runner he is, that's when he's most effective as a passer is in those sort of broken play situations. Like, four rushing attempts in a game for him. I never want to see that, dude. I just think he had the big time touchdown throw in this game, which was nice, but too many mistakes and just totally underdeveloped in terms of processing pocket feel. And I really think that despite improved situations and improved offensive setup overall bringing in dj more legit number one like that he's looked worse through two games of this year than he did in the home stretch of last year not that he was a great all-around quarterback but he was able to have the dynamism on the ground He, he completely shut off that element of his game today in a way that doesn't make any sense to me but on the flip side of that logan
0: witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other
2: Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they are your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are
1: 2-0. and How pumped are you about the Baker train right now? I'm fired up, buddy. Uh, Baker looked so much better against Chicago today, man. He's a lot more accurate. He was uh, making plays on the ground, too. Uh, I saw that one where he uh, gets to the third down marker. a guy slams into him, and he gets up in his grill. Baker's fiery. I like the Buccaneers. That being said, I think they've beat 2 bad teams i don't think the vikings are good i don't think the bears are good i want to see tampa bay against a real contender before i make any uh, any more long-term uh (laughs) decisions about where i come down on the bucks but hey a 2-0 start is all i could ask for through two weeks and that being said man i still think that tampa bay is the best team uh in the nfc south we're going to be back tomorrow uh after steelers browns and after saints panthers so we'll have a little bit more insight on how the nfc south is going to shake out but right now tampa bay is still atop the nfc south for me
2: yeah i think that i sold the buck short i think that defense is really good i think that they're able to get a lot of pressure i mean they they dominated there and again part of that is on fields but ending up with six sacks is pretty damn good shaq barrett had that pretty great play on the pick six that ended this game and listen Baker's playing better than I expected. I thought they ran the ball better than I expected today, and I think that maybe I undersold how good Mike Evans and Chris Godwin still are, especially Mike Evans and Baker have quite the connection up to this point, and there's still some some real big play pop with Mike Evans. So I think that I slightly prefer the Falcons, who I thought had another good win today. I think that that offensive formula to me, as weird as it is, is probably a bit more reliable because i think they're going to be so good running the football every week i think that Bijan robinson is pretty clearly already a top five running back in football Algiers is damn good that line is damn good and i do think that that defense has improved but i think i sold the bucks short i think that they are better than the panthers I think that they are probably the second best team in that division. I think I like them more than the Saints, but they're close. They're probably more like a 7-8 win team. I had them at 4, and Baker's been better than I expected, and that's honestly part of the difference. I just thought it was going to be a a brutal offense. Okay, the New York Giants, Logan, were able to escape very nearly with their lives a game against the Arizona Cardinals in which they were down by three scores. Are you impressed by the fact that they won this game, or are you very troubled by the fact that they were put in that position to begin with?
1: No, I mean that's not that's not the position you want to be in. Uh, no, if, if at all. Cool. It, to me, I mean this wasn't really that impressive. The Giants in the second half, it was Josh Dobbs three and out, Josh Dobbs three and out, Josh Dobbs three and out, and the Giants march now. Congrats to them. I mean, they were remarkably resilient. I thought Daniel Jones executed a lot better down the stretch, making good throws. But, mm-hmm. again, dude, it's the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to be the worst team in football this year. I was impressed they were up 28-7. Uh, I was quietly doing a victory uh, dance in my <laughs> living room going, oh, yeah, baby, Daniel Jones sucks. He's going to go 0-2 by losing 40 to nothing to the Cowboys and you know, probably 28-7 to the Cardinals, the worst team in football I was wrong. Danny Danny proved me wrong. Uh, no, I think it's honestly more discouraging than encouraging that they were in that spot than the fact that they came back on the Cardinals. But shout out to them. It was hard. They did it. They had to score on every possession down the stretch, too, to win this game. So that's impressive. Hopefully they can build on this. But I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Giants. And honestly, they're probably four for me out of teams in the NFC East. I still think I like the Washington Commanders more. Uh, It's very slim between those two things. I think the Giants are marginally better offensively. I think the Commanders are marginally better defensively. I think the Giants still kind of stink. Probably a 7-win team to me.
2: Yeah, I think that I overestimated them a bit. But what I will say is... uh they kept their season alive by winning this game. Because if you open week one, lose 40 nothing and then week two get manhandled by the team that everybody agreed was going to be the worst in football. We were debating whether or not they would win a game. Everybody in their survival pools is picking whoever is playing the Cardinals every week. And they've had a couple of scares through the first two. I don't know how emotionally you come back from that start. So this kept them alive and that's a good thing and danny dimes man he made some big time throws he did he was able to push the ball down the field he took some chances that paid off and he made a lot of big plays with his legs too like we've seen that dynamic of his game start to flourish more down the home stretch of last season and now in this game obviously he was really bad against the Cowboys, but. That was big time stuff from him after a rough start. I also think that Darius Slayton is pretty damn good and Danny missed him on two separate deep balls. He could have had a pretty big day, but Saquon's phenomenally talented. He came up huge in this game, but I'm definitely not loving the upside of this Giants team and I've never bought into the upside, but I thought that they could avoid regression from last year because of the improvements they made in terms of offensive skill I've believed in their coaching. And by the way, Dable held it down in this one. Once he took over play calling duties, that's when the comeback began. But I really need to see more from the defense. They struggled to stop the run last year. They weren't great there today. And Josh Dobbs, Logan, the Josh Dobbs, none other than legendary Steelers backup, looked comfortable today and was making plays early on and so I just look at this Giants team and it's like yeah they were able to escape with a win against the worst team in football and played well down the stretch but what are they really doing well right now where are they like meaningfully above average and I don't see a lot to like there so I think we're going to see a pretty questionable playoff team in the NFC I just don't think the conference is that good but The Falcons, the Packers, teams like that, who were probably in the same tier, who ironically played today, those teams look a lot better in terms of all around talent to me right now than the Giants. So I would agree with you. It's a net negative, but at least they didn't lose because that would have been the epitome of brutality. Okay, let's talk quickly about the other New York team, the Jets, who got manhandled by the same team that handled the Giants last week, that being the Dallas Cowboys. Are they permanently screwed now with Aaron Rodgers injured? We had this conversation. You were a bit more optimistic than I am, but now having seen it in action for a full game, what's your take on New York's ceiling and expectations?
1: Again, I think it's tough to gauge this game against other teams just because the Dallas Cowboys matched up really well against the Jets, specifically their defensive line against this offensive line. I felt so yeah. bad for. I felt so bad for Zach Wilson in this game. I mean, Micah Parsons was making Dwayne. Like he he bent Dwayne Brown over and spanked him. Man, yeah. he. Demarcus Lawrence too. I mean, the pass rush that Zach Wilson faced today was insane. The pressure that he was under was crazy. The only thing really encouraging to me about Zach in this game, Carson, was how when the pressure did come home, when the pocket collapsed, he stepped up a few plays, made some plays. With his feet, everything with his arm was disappointing, though. I mean, he didn't make any throws where I was like, wow, this is great, this is in coverage, this is in stride. He just made bad ones where they're getting batted and he's under-throwing guys, and then that interception was just horrible. He rolls out. That's where we think Zach Wilson thrives, right? Oh, he's got a cannon arm, can throw on the run, can get out of the pocket. Rolls out to the sideline, just does not see a Cowboys defender. Boom, picked off. <sighs> It's going to be rough. I don't think the Jets are going to have as bad an offensive performance as they did today because the Cowboys' pass rush is unreal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they're yeah, they're screwed. I, I don't know any yeah. other verb that we can go with. They're they're pretty screwed with Zach Wilson under the helm. I don't think he's a starter in the NFL, Carson, and I don't know what the timeline is like for him to prove himself. Like even as a backup, like is this guy an NFL caliber player? He still looks like you know your little brother, man. I, I don't know i don't think zach wilson looks like a starter right now and i don't know if he's a backup dude i don't know if he's nfl caliber he's definitely not a starter i think we
2: pretty concretely saw that last year and some people talked themselves into some sort of zach wilson revolution god knows what that would be based on and like this isn't the game that i want to just shit all over him because he was in a really rough situation i mean their line got just flat out dominated and they really couldn't run the ball they're not built to be a run heavy offense they don't have that sort of line right it was supposed to be the west coast approach you supplement some of that running game value with the quick passing led by aaron Rodgers, not zach wilson and they didn't commit to running the ball at all in this game and they failed when they did try to but also Even in a really bad situation, Wilson is just awful. He was awful on his own. And you mentioned, made some plays with his legs, but he is so inaccurate. He is just spraying balls all over the field. (laughs) And the three picks were all bad. The deep ball was overthrown and off target. The last interception, the short pass was way off target. And then the other one he literally threw right to the defensive player. I have no idea what he saw. The second straight week, just like an inexplicable interception. So, I think he's the worst starter in football right now, and he's not a real starter. He is a backup. But even to that question, he's not the sort of backup I want. I mean, normally the sort of guys who stick around as backups are the high floor. They can come into the game. They can avoid messing things up. Zach Wilson is not that. He's probably going to mess things up pretty badly, and that's why I think they should go out there, get a higher floor veteran, trade for an Andy Dalton, right? How much are the Panthers going to ask for? I can't imagine it's that much because it wouldn't be completely insane to say they could maybe make a playoff push with a guy who could execute the offense in a dominant defense. It's certainly a lot harder, but if you got something closer to replacement level production, if you've got a guy who was accurate in short passing situations, who was composed from the pocket, you would at least have a fighting chance. You don't have a chance with Zach Wilson. He is not built to carry a great defensive team to all offensive competence, he's just going to shoot you in the foot too many times. I
1: would hit the Commanders up tomorrow, and I'd see what Jacoby Brissett is doing, man. To me, I mean, that's like the ideal trade. Because I was thinking about other backups. I don't want Jameis. I kind of don't want Andy Dalton. I know what I'm getting with Andy Dalton. But Jacoby Brissett's a guy that you can win, you know, seven or eight games with. This Mm -hmm. team right now looks like a three-to-four win team. With the win that they already got against Buffalo. I don't trust Zach Wilson to elevate this team or to not even, like you said, man, to not even just not mess things up. Yeah, I would go out and I'd make a move. And honestly, dude, I think I'd stick a fork in Zach Wilson and I'd see if I could dump him for, I don't know, a fourth, a fifth, something, dude, just to recruit any value yeah I don't think
2: you're getting a fourth or a fifth for him man I mean he is valueless to me he has proven pretty definitively that he sucks but I would certainly take Jameis I don't think he's in the best archetype I mean he's uh, certainly more mistake prone but he's a hell of a lot better than Zach Wilson and I don't think that he would be all that difficult to make a trade for I don't think his value is too high okay anything else you want to touch on from today Logan
1: Really quick, uh, Russell Wilson still stinks. Uh, Wow. I think Matt Stafford in this Rams aerial attack is pretty legit. Uh, I love how Stafford has been able to elevate this team without any semblance of of a great uh, running game, except shout out Kyron Williams, what he was able to do today. Uh, I really Mm -hmm. like the Rams' offensive attack, and I think I underrated Stafford. He might be my 10 guy instead of Dak Prescott. I don't know. That, that, to me, is a debate yeah. to be had. Stafford looks really good off that injury. And then, shout out the Niners' defense. I think the Niners' defense is the best in football still. Wow, they were able to just make big play after big play. The Rams had opportunities down late in this game, and at every turn, the Niners were able to stifle them on fourth downs, with interceptions, with sacks. Uh, I think the Niners' defense is the best in football. What about you, Carson? You got anything else?
2: Well, I'll just touch on those two points. Why are you ragging on Russ after this game? Is this game where they put up 33 points, where he actually looked athletic again and made some plays with his legs and threw for three touchdowns? Is that on Russ? Russ sucks. Okay, interesting point. I actually thought that uh, this was a step in the right direction. I think through the first two weeks, Russ has looked better than last year. If you expected russ to simply return to his previous form because they brought in sean payton or whatever other factors i couldn't buy into that but i do think he's looked better from the pretty objectively bad quarterback that he was last year but yeah the broncos not doing a lot of impressive stuff right now i think the defense hasn't been quite as stout as it was last year, and I don't think that they're a legitimately good offensive football team. I just don't think this is the game that I would rag on Russ for. In terms of Stafford, yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of heavy lifting to do because they are a very reliant on the passing game offense, and I know that he ends up with two picks in this game. One of those was not on him at all. That was right uh, off the receiver's hands. I think he's playing well. I think he Mm -hmm. is a creator with his arm talent. He makes throws that other dudes, just can't. He is elevating this receiving core without Cooper Cup. Puka Nakua is making history. Tutu Atwell is balling out. Like, the Rams don't necessarily look good, but they look better than I expected because I thought this defense wasn't even good with all their stars last year. Now they're missing them. The defense has been okay. I was worried about Stafford with his injuries and Cooper Cup missing. That's a pretty big concern, but the offense has held up fine. I think they're a respectable football team. But yeah, the Niners are damn good. Uh, They are a team that I am extremely, extremely confident in. All right, I think that we touched on every game almost. Didn't really get into Packers, Falcons, or Colts Texans. Bummer that Anthony Richardson got hurt, man, with the concussion because good God is he dynamic with his legs. I mean, two awesome rushing touchdowns in this game. And then Falcons-Packers, Jordan Love played pretty well. And I think that the Falcons are going to... Grind their way to enough games because, man, can they run the football. Like, it's a very strange offense in today's NFL, but it's pretty effective. Okay, that's going to do it for us here today. Hope you enjoyed. If you did, you can always find more Nerd Sesh content. Subscribe to the Volume YouTube page to get all of our shows with video. You can also listen to the podcast across audio platforms. You can follow us across social media tiktok and instagram at nerd sesh, twitter at nerd underscore sesh you can see a lot of our trivia content clips from our show just keep tuned in with all the nerd sesh news there you can get our merch at the volume.com or through the link tree that is across our social media bios logan's holding up the hat we've got the flags we've got hoodies we've got shirts you can check all of that out there you can check us out on cameo as well through our link trees if you want any custom messages from the nerds and You can sign up for our Discord just to talk football, basketball with us. We really enjoy that community and want to continue to build it. So, with that, as always, appreciate you guys. I've been Carson Brabber.
1: I have been Logan Camden.
2: And this was Nerd Sesh.